I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Treasure here. Welcome to the show. I'm the VP of Operations over here at voiceamerica.com, and you're tuned into Finding Your Frequency. We got a really special show today, a really good one. You know, uh, for you guys who have listened to the show for uh, an amount of time, you know how much I love technology. Uh, I love to talk about uh, new innovative ideas and things that are happening in the market space across all forms of technology. We've done shows on cryptocurrency and the use of blockchain blockchain across multiple industries. You know, we've talked about stem cell research, uh, you know, a myriad of different really cool technologies that are, you know, driving innovations uh, in the space. And what a, what an awesome time for us all to live in, you know, in, in 2019, so much advances in technology happening. And we have a very, very cool show for you today with a fantastic guest. Uh, our guest today, Alexander Borv, uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon, CEO and founder of First Derm. Uh, they're a scientific researcher in the field of telemedicine and have studied the use of smartphone technology and dermatology, right? Who would have thought smartphones and your dermis? Uh, in 2012, he completed one of the largest telemedicine studies on skin cancer detection using a smartphone application. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Alexander Bohr to the show. Alexander, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you. We appreciate it. What a fantastic thing that you have going on with uh, with your company and what you guys have been doing. But before we get into the technology, before we get into you know all of the the nuances of, of what you're currently doing, let's kind of go back just a little bit. You know, uh, finding a frequency is about the the story, the journey, and that. You know, so I want I want you to just take us back and you know where did you decide that you wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon and and start down this road of uh, helping people in their dermis. Yes, so uh, as you probably know, orthopedic surgeons very different to dermatology. So orthopedics more about bones and muscles and doing yeah. surgery. So first I started out on that uh, career and then I had an ex-girlfriend that was a dermatologist and she did not like to go to dinner parties because every time she went to dinner parties, people would ask her about moles or skin rashes. So there is where the idea came that this is a problem that uh, uh, would be great to solve because there are too few uh, dermatologists out there. And uh, the best way to do that is through a smartphone and uh, do it from the, the palm of your hand. Oh, wow. So um, where's that ex-girlfriend now? I mean, she's your ex, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> she. Uh, we were together for eight years and now she's a dermatologist. Uh, she does help out uh, answering queries. Uh, right now, she lives in uh, in Spain. Oh, awesome! Not a bad place to live in Spain. I know you're uh, up in Northern California doing your thing up there. Uh, does does that place where you're at in Northern California, you know, doing uh, doing technology and being in that space does does being in that area help you out a lot with resources for technology questions and such? 
Yes, so the Bay Area, as you know, and your uh, your users, well, your uh, your audience probably knows that you know it's the technology hub of the of America. So you know everyone is in that space. So there's a great uh, ecosystem. So the ecosystem will help you out. Uh, maybe not only like uh, finding people that can work for you, but actually giving you feedback on your idea. And for example, giving you feedback on the technology or people have used it. Uh, so it's a very good environment to get uh, information very quickly and to adapt to that information and try and make your service better. So are any of the colleges in your area uh, involved in any of this research that you're working on? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from uh, Norway, but uh, I grew up uh, all over Europe and I was, uh, became a medical doctor in, the, in Sweden. and. I got a scholarship to uh, UC Berkeley School of Public Health. So I moved over there in 2013, and I've been working with you know, with UC Berkeley in uh, not only looking at uh, cost effectiveness studies, you know, if if this technology is worth it, uh, but also working with uh, engineers on artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence—that's a a big bud, a big buzzword uh, in our culture over the last you know two or three years. A lot of new stuff is coming out. Uh, you know, when when a lot of people think of artificial intelligence, you know they they think of you know like SAP, Leonardo, and you know IBM's Watson, uh, and those those companies that are doing that. Um, can you put a comparative on some of the AI stuff that you guys are leveraging in comparison to some of these other components of AI? It's kind of yeah. a two part question too. I'll, I'll let you a- answer the first one, and then I have a second follow up to that. Yeah, so basically artificial intelligence is all, all has to do about data. So now over the years, uh, the infrastructure, um, in, in, inexpensive computers, inexpensive computer power, not using too much energy, uh, now that exists. And, you know, Google and, and UC Berkeley Cafe and, and Microsoft, you know, they have built these infrastructures so the only thing you really need now is um, some engineering power, some engineers, and then also the data. So the data is what's important. And over the years, since 2012, uh, we've collected over 300,000 images of skin diseases. And it's not only on skin cancer, it's actually in all different kinds of skin diseases. And that's where I uh, come out in um, a better perspective than our competitors. Our competitors have only focused on skin cancer, but we've, we're doing actually acne, we're doing psoriasis, we're doing hair loss, we're doing skin cancer, and we're even doing STDs, sexual transmitted diseases. I think all of the implications around all of those are just absolutely tremendous and, and being able to, to leverage an existing AI infrastructure and kind of feed it your data uh, to give you, you know, really fast results on, 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 you know, a diagnosis is just amazing. I mean, think about, you know, 10 years ago, even, you know, there, this, this stuff was, you know, unheard of. I guess 10 years ago, we were still looking at like the first iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fun, the funny thing is that, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, it has been around for a very long time. However, it has not been, uh, especially in dermatology because there's a lot of images so, you know, it's been around for quite a bit, so, you know, even back to the 1990s. 
However, it was the computer power that was yeah. too expensive. Yeah, so, so the, the birth of the cloud really enough. gave the computing power to help you really kind of move this to the next level, right? That's correct. That's correct. That's awesome. Do you have a, a preferred cloud computing partner that you that you like to use? <laughs> so, uh, so you know, we uh, we experiment. So we are researchers. Yeah. So you know, we experiment with different um, uh, different cloud providers. You know, we are on the platform. We use Azure, but we use TensorFlow and Cafe. Nice. And you know, we're doing experiments basically. Yeah, and I always like to ask because uh, you know, I think it was two thousand uh, two thousand and eighteen or no seventeen. I was in New York at uh, AdTech. Uh, which is an advertising technology conference in New York for uh, the media business. And I was, I was just in that year introduced to, you know, the way that, you know, people are leveraging artificial intelligence and cloud stacks to, you know, figure out what types of uh, commercial advertising and images and that to show a given user across, you know, a multitude of different platforms for over the set top boxes and, you know, those types of things like Roku and, you know, those things. And I was absolutely amazed at how they do that. Um, and I mean, so I guess it would be similar for you guys where, you know, where these are categor uh, categorizing, you know, um, audio and video spots uh, and, and matching them up with, you know, specific user sets. You guys are doing something similar with uh, what is it like a user takes a picture of their of their uh, of their issues with their skin, with their mobile app. And then that goes to the cloud gets crunches and then comes back with a diagnosis or tell us a little bit about how that works yeah so uh, we don't actually have a, a proper uh, uh, iPhone app for that uh, or an Android app you actually can go onto our website and you just upload an image on our website and then within within 0.2 seconds it will come back the answer and it will also give you four differential uh, answers so uh, I'm gonna have just to upload an image. I'm going to have to test that out. We have, uh, yeah. for me, you know, I live in uh, uh, our, our base of operations for Phoenix and our studios are here in Phoenix, Arizona, and it gets rather dry here. Uh, and, mm. and so I go through some weird things with my skin where, you know, during the summertime when it's super dry, my skin is perfectly fine for whatever reason, starting around, you know, December-ish or something, something happens in the air and I start getting these little spots on my hand and you know no amount of additional water or lotion will make them go away so i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna take a picture of that and check that out when we when we get done with the interview just to kind of see what maybe is going on <laughs> yeah and i and i can tell you that the accuracy of that now so we're always getting better we're getting better better every month but we're not perfect so uh to get correct on one skin disease we're 40 percent correct and that means you don't have to fill in any text or anything like that. Just taking a picture, it will be 40% correct. However, when you have five top answers, our AI is 80% 80 80 correct that your answer will be in the top five. Well, you know, I, I can only help thinking about you know, the implications to, I guess, you know, uh, dermatology as a whole over the you know next several years with this are, are dermatologists scared about this technology? Are they, are they in fear? Like the AI machines going to take over my, my, my position as a dermatologist because of, you know, all of the data aggregates and things that uh, could potentially be there in the future. Yeah. So, so what's interesting with, with, with that, you know, it's, as you say, it has to do with the data that's coming in and the data has to be annotated correctly. 
So the people that are annotating the data correctly are probably the dermatologists, right? They're the dermatologists. So what happens is that, you know, the data that we have, uh, you know, I, we have to pay for the dermatologist. So the data that we have is quite, uh, 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 it's worth quite a bit. Because, very, you know, very the valuable. data you have with the dermatologist who've annotated it, then you can use that in making the AI. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. I just, I always ask that question. We did uh, an event a few times, uh, the AICPA engage event in Las Vegas, which is a uh, funny thing. It's about accounting. And, you know, we had gone there to cover the event uh, for one of our clients and man, I found it so interesting of how technology is being leveraged across so many different, you know, not just medical, but professional services. And I had a conversation with a few accountants who are super worried about, you know, AI taking over the accounting industry, you know, because again, you know, inputs and outputs and crunching numbers. And, you know, that's what computers were built to do in the first place. And here you have, you know, companies uh, like QuickBooks who have already came out with an AI engine inside of their application where it'll do your taxes for you. Uh, so I had a conversation with some CPAs and they were kind of you know, a little hesitant on the AI technology, thinking that, you know, we all might be out of jobs <laughs> in the future. So, yeah, so so coming back to that question, if the doctors are worried about it. So in, I predict that in two to three years time, uh, artificial intelligence will be better than any dermatologist diagnosing. Uh, however, the AI will be used the same way as how a blood sample is used today. So, for example, if you go to the doctor, you take, uh, they draw blood, and then uh, after a couple of days, you will have the answer back. And you know, the doctor is using that answer to deliver care to you, mm -hmm. to explain to you. So, you know, the doctors will not be out of a job; they will actually be more of uh, delivering care okay. than diagnosing. Yeah, and I can't help to think of, and our listeners know this. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. I love all things Star Trek, and you know, so very similar to like when you're watching Star Trek, and they go to sick bay, and you know, you have the the computer is 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 scanning the body, and you know, finding out all the different components that are are non working or need some care, and then that information, and then is then given over to you know the 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 doctoral staff with humans that then provide care to uh, to rehabilitate the patient. Exactly, exactly. And that is how it's going to be in the future uh, as well. So Star Trek, as you know, they're always a little bit ahead. Yeah, I, I always have the conversation that science fiction is going to is at some point will be science future. <laughs> yeah. And and also to another point there, which is quite interesting, is that, you know, Google, for example, Google is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, you know, the more information you feed to Google, the better your search becomes. So you know that if you're searching in the Google uh, bar, you know, when you just start typing two or three letters, it's already guessing what you're gonna be uh, searching. Yeah, no, it's an amazing tool. We've uh, built uh, uh, our search engine for voiceamerica.com around Google's you know, search algorithm. And yeah, it's amazing. You type two letters and it already knows immediately every possible combination of two letter, you know, items that match up content that you have on your site and does definitely make for a really nice, unique listening experience to find exactly what you want very quickly. So I could, I could understand how 
um, how, how those pieces could fit well. So, yeah. So in the future, in the future, you know, even though I'm a pioneer in this AI and dermatology, you know, our biggest competitors will probably be Google. Yeah. Google got a head starter on everybody collecting the data, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we went from uh, industrial revolution to uh, technological and and data revolution. I mean, I think now it's kind of like the the companies and the brands that uh, that control and house the most amount of data will be the most valuable. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, but it's also scary, right? From a from a you know a personal perspective, and you're like, man, how much information do these you know sites have? Facebook and Google and Amazon on you know your history and what you buy and where you go, and you know then you're browsing everything through a Google Chrome browser, right? So they Google knows about everything that you do. Well, that's what's scary. They have so much power, and also from an entrepreneurial perspective, from my perspective, you know we hate and love Google and Facebook at the same time, you know. However, you know, we need to use those platforms to do our um, ad advertising. Right. That's how we use. And that's where our customer acquisition costs are low. However, our competitors use the same platforms. So that's why our ad spends increases. And Google and Facebook, they know this. Oh, yeah. They pit, they pit you all against each other for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I gave up on, you know, pay-per-click advertising a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> looking at that, I'm going, man, yeah. are you seven dollars for a click? That is insane. I'm out I of know. I'm this game. I'm out of that game. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd rather go old school and go shake somebody's hand and have a conversation and give them a business card. I think that's much more effective than a seven dollar click. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's that's where the problem is today. So uh let's see what happens in the future. We need some more competitors. Agreed. So what do you, what's on the horizon for you in the future? I mean, I know you're going to continue to work on this project. Do you have any other uh, other cool projects that are centered around some of this stuff you've learned from this one that you have that you, you have in, in line for the future? Well, in, in the line for the future, you know, this um, when we get better with our artificial intelligence, we're going to be selling. Uh, we're going to be an online pharmacy as well. So when it gives you the answer, you can click and get your medicine delivered directly to your door in regards to what disease you have. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Like a subscription service that'll handle that? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. My, uh, my wife gets her prescriptions off of a, like a subscription service. And uh, I was actually really hesitant in the beginning because I'm like, oh, you know, the copay is this amount of money. And uh, what ended up happening is the subscription cost for her monthly uh, prescriptions was uh, substantially lower than the copay even was. And so they're not even charging our, you know, they're not even charging our insurance company. We're just paying them directly and it's less than the copay. And it's, it's amazing. I think she got, uh, she got her allergy this, medication for the whole month for like a dollar and 25 cents or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And this, and this is what's happening now. It's like there, a lot of these medicines, the, the patent is running out. So when the patent goes away, a lot of these medicines are generic. So they're very cheap. Right. Now, do you guys plan on leveraging blockchain and tracking of the shipments and deliveries of all those things in the future as well? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we haven't really looked into that with blockchain, uh, how that works. We're more focusing on building the best artificial intelligence out there. And then uh, we'll see what happens with blockchain. 
Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion that over time, artificial intelligence will become so smart it can create its own blockchains, which will render blockchain useless. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I believe in that. So what I, mean, I have to do, you know, I have to focus on really getting the best AI out there because if I have the best AI out there, then people will use my AI, not somebody else's AI. You know, you can take comparison with Google, you know, there are more search engines out there, but people use Google because it delivers the best answers. Let's look at the future. What about quantum computing, right? You, I think that's right around the corner for uh, leveraging in cloud-based computing. Have you, have you looked at that? What's your thoughts? Uh, so I, I'm not an engineer, so I, 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 I don't know that much about it, but I just know that these are very, very powerful computers and um, I don't really know how that can be uh, leveraged in our uh, in my business. We'll leave that to the other guys in Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, man, what a, what a really cool thing that you've you've created and built. Uh, what's the website where people can go and 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 make use of this product for for their uh, for their skin? Yeah. So then it's called firstderm.com. And you go onto our website, you can read the testimonials, you can download our app where you ask the real dermatologist. You can go under the research section and read about the research that I've done on skin cancer. You can also use our artificial intelligence, which is on the platform and you can use it for free. And you can read the latest blog posts on different, uh, what's going on in skin diseases. And there's also a a skin guide you can read about uh, skin diseases we have a whole library of photos and uh, and text so I, I have two more questions um, number one would be you know we we talk about you know dermatology and skin and you know me living here in the desert and it being so hot and you know everyone's always like make sure you wear your sunblock you wear your sunblock being a dermatologist and kind of just shifting gears from technology and and you know working in the space do you, do you guys find that uh, it becomes a problem wearing too much sunblock? Uh, it's an interesting question and there's been research done around that. Uh, however, it's still being advised to wear sunblock. Uh, the best, what's better than sunblock is of course you, you wear clothes and you keep out of the sun. That's the best way to protect yourself. But if you go outside, you know, then, you know, we're definitely still recommending to use sunblock. All right. And then my second question is, you know, around that service you were talking about uh, with the app where someone can talk to a dermatologist. Um, is that work with uh, people's insurances? They can use that service and it gets paid for by their medical insurance? It, you can use HSA and FSA. Okay. So basically from your, from your work, you can use that. We'll send you a receipt and you can get your money back. Uh, we don't have partnerships with like Singa or United Healthcare or any of those guys because from our perspective, it's, it's expensive to, to build these uh, insurance companies. There's a lot of admin around that we have to, that we have to navigate. A lot so of admin best, is an understatement. Yeah. yeah, so the best for us <laughs> is that people pay out of pocket. Uh, it starts from $29. Uh, and the most expensive is $60. And the only difference is that uh, time delivery. Mm -hmm. So if you can wait two days, it's $29. If you want an answer within uh, a couple of hours, it's, uh, it's $60. 
Yeah, that's great. I guess in I guess talking about um, insurance and how that works in the medical field, you and I could probably do an entire hour show just on how messed up that whole situation is. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the problem is that there are too many the too many people in between uh, the insurance company and the patient. That meaning, what I'm trying to say, that there are too many people that needs to get paid. Yeah. So you know, when there are too many people trying to get paid. It's too many hands in the cookie jar. Goes up. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, if you remember Obamacare, uh, when that came out, uh, it was supposed to your insurance was supposed to go down, but you know, the last couple of years has actually gone up. My insurance went up with twenty percent last year. Yeah, you know, um, Voice America being a small independent media company, you know, we don't have you know 50 employees and so we fall under the small business guidelines and you know uh, doing the best we can to you know be a good employer and provide insurance and yeah it's been tough the last couple of years I, I i sit on one of the advisory boards for that for our company and just looking at the stuff we're about to do it again here or open enrollment is the end of march and so we'll be looking at that again and you know looking at numbers again and it's just like every year after year it's like it 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 20 percent increase from the first year of obama and then another 10 percent increase on top of that for that one and then now here we are looking at another five percent increase on top of what that was so over the course of you know the start we're you know almost a 35 percent increase uh since it began it's been it's been a, a, a nightmare to navigate that's for sure yeah i, I- and, and it's not the politician's fault, really. It's it's the middleman that I say, you know, the ones that are selling the insurance. You know, there are too many people who come comes into that space. There are too many people that want to get paid. Well, that's you, the problem. When you look at an itemized bill uh, from a hospital stay, and I know because my wife and I had a, had a daughter, and you look at the bill and they charge you $500 for a bag of salt water, you know, and you look at some of that, it's just appalling. And, you know, I, as much as I I applaud all the nurses and all the hard work that they do, you know, they're making 25, 30, $40 an hour. And the insurance company is billing 250 and $300 an hour for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fair to them or us. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, this is the problem, right? I mean, if you look uh, around the world, I think the cheapest and best healthcare in regards to uh, uh, country, the best one is actually in Vietnam. Vietnam, you pay $60 per citizen per year, and they live uh, until they're 75, 76 years old. And if you compare that to the US, you know, you're paying $20,000 per person, and you live in, on average until you're 76, 77 years old. So you know, there's a lot, so a lot of things to look into, and um, uh, and and it's it's not easy. It's complex. You know, why does the lifespan of the average American always coincide with the same time that you get your social security? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Again, a whole nother topic. Alexander, thanks, man, for joining me. What a what a fantastic interview. You're great to talk to. I appreciate all your knowledge. Thank you. Well, I mean, thank you very much for, for your time and then finding out about us and uh, being uh, being curious. You know, this this is the future. Uh, it is easy to use and, and, you know, it's there. You can use it. Now, now, you know, thanks to you, there's more people that know about this service and people can use it. 
Yeah, you guys, uh, if you're listening to Finding Your Frequency, however you listen, whether you're listening to the radio show live on voiceamerica.com or you're on your favorite podcast app or directory, uh, make sure you go check out firstderm.com. Check out all the amazing stuff that First Derm uh, is doing over there with their artificial intelligence and and, uh, diagnosing STDs and skin infractions and all that stuff. So uh, go check out. And uh, Dr. Alexander Borf, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. And thank you. Absolutely. Guys, check us out all over social media. I'm at Radio Ryan One. You can check it out at Jeff Spinney Two. And of course, check out the radio show's website at findingafrequency.net. And of course, you can drop us a line on Facebook anytime, facebook.com forward slash findingafrequency net. Thanks, guys.